Bites, episode 22. 22? Yep. That's two twos. <laughs> Are you surprised? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You can tell from the shock in my voice. <laughs> Well, are you surprised with any games that you've played this week? Um, I've, uh, I, I'm have i not surprised at all, because my game is completely predictable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me guess. Mickey Mouse? <laughs> it had Mickey Mouse in it. You're right. Um, but let's see. I, I guess we, um, we kind of teased about it a bit, but uh, finally did play Castle of Illusion, starring uh-huh. Mickey Mouse. This was the um, 2013 remake. Okay. Version that was put out. Um, it was developed um, by Sega Studios Australia, and uh, I think published by Sega and I guess Disney Interactive. If if you're going to do anything Disney, I think Disney Interactive has to be involved, no matter what. Um, so I originally played this um, because I got it um, really cheap for Android, and I figured um, I had picked up this Nvidia Shield handheld. I thought this would be a good game to play on that. Finally putting that to good use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't have it that long, but <clears throat> it was one of my, you know, motivations for wanting to get it for Android instead of, you know, one of the other consoles. Mm-hmm. But what do you download that from the, you go on the Play Store? Uh, yeah. I mean, in my case, I got it from the Play Store. Okay. I didn't know how the Shield works, if it just runs Well, when native. I, while you're setting up the Shield, uh-huh. it prompts, you know, it asks you if you have a Google account and all that kind of oh, stuff. Okay. Uh-huh. So as soon as you do that and sign in with your Google account then it kind of gets recognized as one of your devices. So if you go to the Play Store, let's say, on your browser, let's say you find a link for the game and you click on it on your on your machine, you can mm-hmm. you can just do a push install right from oh, okay. the browser, and it gives you a drop-down. It, t- it shows you, like, multiple devices. So I see my phone there, and I see the shield there also, and you can select which device oh, okay, you want to Okay, yeah, I've noticed to. that on mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's how, it was, okay. that's how I was able to do it. It was on sale also through the Amazon App Store. Um, that... That app store doesn't, uh, you know, it was the same price too. Um, mm. But for some reason, that's not officially supported on the Shield. Really? If I go to browse to download the app, it says, you know, not supported on your device or something. That's a strange thing about Android. I noticed that, like, some apps work, some don't, and like, there's no reasons for it. It just won't tell you. And it could be like a most modern device, but right. for some reason. Right. It seems kind of random. Yeah. To, I mean, I don't, I don't know why. It could, maybe they didn't make a deal to have it on there. I don't really know. Maybe there's like a business reason could and be. not a technical reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a way to download that APK and just install it, the App Store. Oh, like a side load? Kind yeah, of maybe that'll okay. work. I don't know. All right. I didn't mean to distract you from... Not at all. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's going to be short-lived, actually, the fact that I played it on this machine anyway. Um, I mean, I got into it. You know, I started the game as normal. Um one of the things I noticed was, you know, like full voice in the game, really nice intro, um, you know, typical thing. Minnie gets kidnapped by Miserable the, we- the Witch. She wants to mm. steal her youth. <laughs> Seems to be a good motivation. Um, you know, damsel, mouse, in distress kind of thing situation there. Um, and of course, you know, it's the same plot as the Genesis game. You have to find the seven rainbow gems to to create a bridge to rescue uh, Minnie. Um, it was a little different presentation, though. You you do have that 3D castle that you can roam around in. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a lot more 3D elements in this game. Um, it kind of reminded me of that the castle setting in the Mario 64, where it's like sort of you walk around to different doors and or portals or whatever, and then you can jump into 
the stage that you want to tackle next. Oh, okay, right. That's like sort of like Super Mario 64. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you do have to do them in order. You have to unlock each one as you get. I think they're unlocked by the number of gems you collect. Because mm. there's like a padlock on the door and it shows you like a number of gems to get. Um, so I think that's what determines what, whether you can proceed or not. Um, there's like a very talky narrator in this game, too. Like mm. as you start a stage, you always hear... You know, this narrator start to talk about what you're doing. He's like kind of, he's like, he's not talking to you, the player. He's talking to um, almost like the listener in case they were hearing about the story. So he's a more like a storyteller, you know, okay. uh, that's the kind of style he had. He had like, but the funny thing is he had a certain weight to his voice that reminded me of the narrator from that Woody Woodpecker cartoon. <laughs> you know, the one was three, if Woody's gone to the police, this would have never happened. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> if one? Woody had gone right to the police, this would never have happened. <laughs> it's that, I love that episode. <laughs> I know, it's great. <laughs> but it kind of reminded me of that. It's almost like a mocking sort of narrator. He's like, kind of, he, like, I don't think it's meant to be that way, but to me it felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the game started, you know, I, can, I configured the controls. Now, typic, this game actually doesn't have... Um, like native Android controls built into it. So if you had a, you know, so in a lot of other games, all I have to do is press a button on the controller and it sees it automatically. It says NVIDIA controller or whatever. Mm. Um, this one apparently didn't. Um, so I had to set up the the game mapper function of the shield. Oh, cool. So that's, that's one of the things that you get from this device. You get like, um, you know, like sort of like, it's like virtual touches on the screen and you can assign them to buttons. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of them, though, have uh, pre-configured um, like uh, profiles for different games. So it sees what game you're playing and then you can just hit like a little cloud icon. The, uh-huh. like, the, the mapper overlay pops up um, if you press the, the button twice. There's like a button assigned to it. And um, a lot of people have, you know, these a lot of these are community-made. People can make up their own control configurations for different games and upload them into, like, their their um, cloud storage. Hmm. Um, so you get a list, and people can even write them. And you can decide, like, which one's, like, the best one you want to use. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, yeah. So I downloaded that, and the game played no problem, pretty much. Hmm. Um, started to play it a bit. Uh, did have a little bit of a control issue with um, pushing the pad to the right. For some reason, it felt a little sticky. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't jump right when I wanted to. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, like, the screen was a little small. It felt a little cramped, because it is just a 5-inch screen on that device. <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I felt, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't, like, it was perfectly playable. I mean, don't uh-huh. get me wrong. It wasn't, like, bad. It's just that I don't think, I don't feel like I was getting, like, the impact of the the nicer graphics for this version of the game, you know, such a tiny screen. So at that point, I figured, um, you know, let me let me maybe try to switch over to see if I can get it on the on on my PC instead. Um, oh, okay. Which uh, turns out I ended up playing throughout the whole game on the PC instead. Oh, all right. Now I could have gotten if I had the right cable because the the shield does have uh, HDMI out. Um. But it's mini HDMI. It's like the, not the oh, full size one. So you don't have the cable. So if I didn't have that, if I had that type of cable, I huh. could have plugged it into a TV or a monitor or whatever. But didn't have that available. Yeah. yeah. So um, so basically, uh, ended up loading it up on the PC instead. And um, as expected, the game starts in the Enchanted Forest. Mm. 
Um, and there's like this crossroads section where you come to where there's like, it's kind of like a magical pathway where it like splits off into six different paths and you start to walk along one and then you end up repeating, you know, it ends up, you end up walking back on, into the same spot through one of the other paths. And there's like this little signpost in the middle that spins every time you try to walk to, you know, a different pathway. And ultimately it's just meant to get you into like this, um, this tree that's on the side, this like giant tree. And, um, it's like an early bonus stage, but I, I noticed this part of the game is like immediately kind of, kind of challenging because you don't really get much of a chance to, um, get through the whole thing unless you do it perfectly. Like as soon as, if you make one mistake, you kind of drop through the bottom of the stage and then you return back to the outside of the tree. Um, it's a bonus stage. Technically you don't have to do it. You get like one of those collectible cards in the game. Like you unlock certain things if you collect all these cards. Um, but it was a, it was weird to see that level of challenge just right off the bat, like so early in the game, you know, first stage. Um, but you, I did notice like a lot of the nice graphical touches in this game. You saw like spider webs in, in the trees and, um, there's like really nice depth in, in, you know, in this part of the, the stage, even in the rest of the forest, you see like flowing streams, you see like dandelion seeds blowing by, huh. you see like birds that would fly in, like look at something and then fly away, you know, like little touches like that really kind of made it feel like very alive. Um, but it's, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, too bad, too long before you get to that section where you have to like avoid the giant apple. <laughs> mm, yes. Um, this one, though, is, is a little different. It's, like, 3D. So it reminded me of that stage in Crash Bandicoot where you have to, like, run. Mm-hmm. It's, like, almost that Indiana Jones giant ball is, like, rolling at you. And you have to, like, run away from it before it flattens you. And then, meanwhile, you're collecting, like, more stars along the way kind of a thing. Um, <clears throat> it's um, It was pretty easy, though. I got that, cleared that through the first shot. And, um, you know, the rest of it is, like, um, kind of like this... Uh, like more forest stage. Uh, but then there's, it becomes like, like the first part is like this bright, happy forest, but then it, it turns into like a, like a dark evil kind of a looking forest for the rest of it. Um, you know, like these ghost characters floating around, um, they're, they seem, some of them seem to help you. And then others are like kind of working against you. Like the, like the, this, like the red ones, the ones that are colored red are like kind of the evil ones you have to avoid. Um, and the boss battle is like with this animated tree who like rolls around and like, you know, the boss battles in this game overall were pretty easy, pretty simple. I mean, I would say overall the game is mostly like not super challenging, Mm. you know? Um, the next part of it is like kind of this toy land, typical kind of a thing. Um, very similar to the vertical design that I saw in the Genesis game. So you can see the clear inspiration that they took with the, the, that type of stage. Um, the exit is like near the point where you first enter and you have to like kind of climb all the way to the top to unlock it. And then you kind of run through the stage again, um, towards the exit. It's, uh, you know, there's like another like 3d scrolling stage at that point. This stage also has that, that part in the game where it kind of like it flips over. Like you remember that, that part of the original um, like anti-gravity kind of thing? Like yeah, like there's mirror like... world or something? There's like, there's like, um, parts of the stage where it like completely rotates the stage and yeah, it flips okay. upside down. Uh-huh. Um, and there's even like a part where there's like, in, it's like in front of a mirror. There's like parts that you have to walk through 
and parts of the like parts of the floor are like an illusion, but you have to like look in the mirror to see what the the true stage is like. So, okay. you, so you actually have to like play that. That part was in of the it. Genesis version too, wasn't it? Was it? I didn't, no? I didn't. I don't remember like a mirrored part. Hmm. Okay. But it's um, it looked it was pretty impressive looking in this one. And this is like another example of where the game is mostly two D, except you know like parts like that where you have more like um, you know three D type of motion. Um, then there's like uh, a giant jack in the box. He's the, he's the boss for this one. Um, pretty simple too. Hops around, throws his arms out, and you know, you know, you have to just bop him on the head five times. This is the, this is the typical way to beat a boss. So if you ever run into a boss, just hit him in the head five times, and that's <laughs> you've won basically. Yeah. That's the way to get around it. Um, the next thing, the next big major stage was like called the storm. Really nice, like, kind of oil-painted type of backgrounds in this one. I really like the look of this stage. It was, um, you know, there's, like, uh, wooden bridges and stuff that that collapse. And then a lot of it is, is spent underwater, too. There's, like, a lot of underwater tunnels. Um, this is another thing that kind of was another callback to the original game. Um, and uh, the boss battle in this one was comp- <laughs> was totally easy. I mean, this was, like, it was like these frogmen that would jump out. Um Really nothing to that. Uh, the next part brings you to the library. And um, this one really had some nice depth in it. This had the really, like, um, like if, if I had a 3D TV or a 3D monitor, it probably would have looked really cool. Because there was just a lot of layers. You kind of could see off into the distance pretty easily. Even though you were kind of in a library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was just a lot of, like, a lot of layers there. Um, there were, like, a lot of dusty old books and, like, stacks of letters and, you know, it had, like, a very cool split-level kind of uh, design. So where if you jump up, you're, like, kind of at one level. But if you go around, it's sort of, like, in the foreground. But it's, like, separated a bit. So it's, like, so it's like very interesting. Like, because the books would pop out of the shelf. Mm-hmm. And they might force you out into, like, the lower part of the level. You know? Um, you have to, like, just time your jumps to be able to get through it all. And, um... I noticed also there's, it's kind of hard to tell which way to go in some of these levels. Like some of them are kind of like a sprawling design where it's not completely linear. Like if you want to try to, if you're like looking for secrets in the game, you know, sometimes you, you know, you figure if you go one way, maybe the rest of the level is this way. But if you go, you know, like to the left instead of the right, maybe there's like a little secret room where you can pick up some extras. Because a lot of times you, you might go in one direction in the in the level and um you don't have the opportunity to go back the other way Mm. because it like closes off the level so you have to like kind of guess a little bit which way is the right way to go um you also see this character introduced at this point like called shadow mickey it's kind of like your shadow like um like it's what it's like a mischievous evil version of mickey who's like (laughs) doing like bad things um uh he runs into like a cookbook and um, I think at that point you get you get you get into like kind of like a Candyland type of area, mm-hmm. and uh, this one was also really awesome. I, this was one of my favorite parts of the game. Uh, it looked really cool. It was um, kind of like um, you have like marshmallow wafer cookies floating in like a lake, and I'm not sure if it's like milk or like melted ice cream or something. It's it's, it's meant to kind of like remind you of that. And then you also get hints of, like, the boss for this area, which is, like, uh, this giant, like, licorice dragon. It's like a dragon, but he's, like, made of licorice. 
And um, he's like kind of lurking underneath the surface. He would like pop up. Like sometimes he would, his tail would uh, wrap one of the cookies and pull it down while you're like running on it. So you have to like, you know, get off it really quickly before he pulls you down. Um, <clears throat> there's also like another uh, section where um, in, in the library where you're like kind of running past this jar Right, and there's like these sugar cubes in the jar, and they're like trying to get your attention. They're like banging on, it and they're like yelling and waving at you. And then after you kind of like continue, you can't do anything with them. I mean, you can't you can't interact with them really. Oh, okay. But you run past them, and then like once they see that you are not stopping to help them, they kind of like they like lose uh-huh. they like lose energy. They like they like slump down, and they're like all sad about it. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, I mean, you do see them again at some point. Okay. Because basically you come back to, um, you see more of them when you jump into like those teacup bonus stages, which is also similar to um, the previous game. Uh, I can't, I still can't decide if it's teacup, if it's teacup or coffee cup. Hmm. You know, it seems like teacup would be. country you're in. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. (laughs) I mean, it always looked kind of brownish to me, which could Mm -hmm. be either one. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm I gonna... think I always associated Disney with like tea, mm-hmm. like tea and cookies and stuff. But right, it seems more proper, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this so there's another point where you you re-enter like this milk bottle. That's how you get to the Candyland section. Um, this is like the first part of the game that I thought was like like actually difficult i was losing a lot of lives on this one i don't know why i mean until i kind of found the pattern for this dragon battle because at that point you do have to like you do run end up uh, meeting up with this dragon and uh it's the section where you have to like kind of run across these like three layers three cookies like that are floating and he starts to like hurl like stuff with his tail and you have to like hop from one to the other and you just have to avoid it basically you just have to survive long enough to be able to hit him um, I thought that one was like a bit tough, but you know, I mean, with a little practice, you kind of fi- kind of finally notice what the what the pattern there is, and uh, kind of like the last part of the the whole thing is the area an area called the castle, which is it looks like an extension of just the castle that you're in mm-hmm. already. Um, there's like these suits of armor that attack when their light when their eyes light up, and there's like a lot of there's even some portions where it's like completely dark and then the only part you can see is their eyes light lit up and that's when they attack you um uh there's also like an even later portion where you get into like uh i guess the clock tower portion of the castle so like it's a lot of gears like giant like um um you know cogs and stuff like that like areas where you can get crushed very easily um the kind of like the last uh, boss that you face off with is like this guy who's con- he, like the narrator calls him the clockmaker, but and he even like he's like big and dumb looking, mm-hmm. and he even says he's like kind of oafish. Uh, so much like the uh, original game, at, at this point the you know in, during the the clockmaker uh, battle, <laughs> you see his face getting redder and redder and madder like the more you hit him. It's a pretty easy, straightforward fight, though. Um, he telegraphs his moves from, like, a mile away. So it's really not much of a problem. He swings this hammer. And, um, you know, you just jump on his head, as usual. Butt <laughs> stomp. Uh, kind of. You just you just kind of bounce off of it. You, you don't actually have to... Um, 
Um, in this game, you, you kind of don't have to do the double button press. You don't have to, like, jump and then press the button to, like, stomp. You just kind of jump and then land on them, and that's good enough. So it's a bit simpler. Um, you get the final jam at that point. You build the bridge. You go to face off against, um, you know, the evil witch. Uh... <laughs> And um, it's a pretty cool part on, on before you get to that final fight, you sort of race around the outside of this tower. And there's like a lot of fa- fast platforming that you have to do. There's like, you know, like collapsing platforms and like rope bridges and stuff you have to catch and things like that. But once you get inside, you face off against the witch and it's the same. It's a similar type of thing where she has like this sort of um, um, like a like a bunch of ghosts and stuff that swirl around her, and then she can command into like different types of attacks. Uh, so it's just pretty straightforward, simple battle. You know, you just have to sort of avoid um, the lines of ghosts that are like kind of sweeping out to hit you. Um, I didn't find it that bad. Uh, at the end, you know, you kind of beat her and stuff, and you acquire like the final gem, which is called the Rainbow Gem. I don't know if it's a combination of the previous gems. Hmm. Um, it's all like kind of spiky looking, uh, so it looks a little bit like a bit from Tron when he says no, and he's hmm. like he gets all spiky. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. And then you get like a, the end cinema at that point. Um, I won't I won't spoil what happens though. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Leave us in suspense as we all run out to go play <laughs> Castle of Illusion. This 2013 game, yeah, exactly. Isn't that old already? Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. I feel like that just came out last year. Uh, not that I mean, it came out late 2013, mm. so in oh. September, I think, around that time. Um, have you played it at all? Have you played any version of I it? I did. No, I did play this one, not all the way through. I, I don't even remember what part I'm up to, mm-hmm. so I might have to start over again. Yeah. Although it is an act, I guess I can just pick up where I left off, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. From what I saw, I, I seemed to like it. Right. Um, I felt like it, I think I mentioned before it's just not. I felt like it lacked the charm a little bit of like the old school graphics. Right. Um, I don't know. Well, I, th- I mean, I think uh, on the plus side, I mean, I, uh, to me, the production values were really top notch in this game. Mm. It looked really good, uh, colorful, gla- you know, graphics and very vibrant kind of environment. So I thought that was, a, you know, in its favor. Um, but I guess if I had anything bad to say about the game in general, I thought it was like. Um, a little light on challenge. It wasn't terribly difficult most of the way through. It's more really? like, um, yeah, I mean, as long as you were just playing the game, you didn't really have that much trouble moving forward. It felt more like um, maybe like a theme park ride more than a, than a, you know an actually challenging. No, but that was one of your complaints about the the originals that they were pretty easy that you could beat in an hour or two. Yeah, some of them. Uh huh. But how does this one? Is this one harder, or is it about the same, or easier? Um, overall, I'd say it's... I mean, the old games were, like, $50, $60 games. Yeah. And this one's... Right. Anywhere from, like, a, a buck to maybe, about $5, maybe? By, by now, sure, probably. So... Yeah, um, I mean, I think for the price, especially, it's 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 pretty worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other thing that I thought was a little wonky was the hit detection in the game. Sometimes mm. it seems like you should be further away enough to avoid getting hit by something um i don't know like uh, the way i play some of these games though is i go full throttle and i feel like a good game is going to allow you to sort of chain your moves from one enemy to the next and this one the timing was a little weird too in certain in certain instances where you would approach a, a bunch of enemies and they would start to move in a way that it didn't 
you kind of had to start kind of stop and wait for them to get in position so you could uh, you know uh, attack them better yeah um but yeah i don't know i i would say it's not terribly challenging overall mm, okay but for a kid for a child maybe um yeah yeah i mean definitely if you're Ten-year-old, a younger gamer, no. <laughs> probably, probably. I mean, that's probably who's going to buy this. Yeah, the, the nostalgic people like ourselves, and right? Well, you, but you know how some of these cute games are. Some of these games look cute and everything, but they're fiendishly difficult. Oh yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, this is definitely not one of those, mm. except for you know the couple of areas where I thought I had like a little bit of a problem. Yeah, like that first bonus stage and maybe one of the boss fights. I thought was like maybe the most challenging part of the game. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is pretty easy. For the most part, I didn't really see an option to change the difficulty anyway, so it's okay. not like I could have made it harder or anything. Mm. But yeah, I would say in general, though, still worth a try. You know, not not. So, what do you prefer, the original or this version? Um, my preferences for the previous games, I think, still stand. I would rank this one, um, eh, probably a list just slightly in this you know in the same league as the genesis one Hmm. i mean i think this one has like other things going for it the visuals i you know i I feel like that's like main the main draw of this one Hmm. but in terms of challenge i would say the original one is probably uh, a little better the better okay Mm -hmm. yeah for just raw gameplay but that's where i stand pretty interesting (laughs) so now does this cap the the whole story arc of Castle of Illusion? Are we done? Or <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I'm done with all of those games. I don't think there's any other games to hit. I don't unless think so. I branch, I, unless I branch off into some, yeah, of, the, yeah. uh, some of the side games. Mm-hmm. You know, like Quackshot or something like that. There's a bunch. So. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's, 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 there's different pull, categories I mean, of them. Epic Mickey and... Right, well, that's true. That one is sort of considered in the family, but it's such a different game. I wouldn't mm. even... Uh, like, I, I don't feel like I need to play that one. So, are you going to continue the Disney adventure? <laughs> I'm going to see. I'm going to see where oh, things okay. go next. I don't know. I mean, I am interested in the in the, the Capcom games. Those That's like a whole separate family of the Disney Mickey games. The Mickey Mouse Capades? Or? Um, like Aladdin and Lion King and games like that. Oh, okay. You know. Those are some pretty good games, actually. Mm-hmm. Chip and Dale. Rescue <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> right. Darkwing Duck. Tons of them. Uh, so many, but yeah. DuckTales. That's right. Or Capcom. That's yeah. right. That's right. Because there's the remake of that too. Yeah. So. Which I also haven't played yet. So uh, I don't know. It depends on where my inspiration takes me next. Now, are you getting a cut from Disney at all for this? <laughs> I've I've stated from the start that I'm not a Disney fan. Okay. Uh, you know, not in a in any great way. Mm-hmm. Try notwithstanding. Um, but I'm sure you've played some games too. I did. I played Spelunker for NES. Really? Yeah. I know that's kind of like a weird game to pick. Uh-huh. I know. I, I, and you know my feelings on Spelunky. Mm-hmm. And it's not on my any of my top list right. of games. But really what, what it was, uh, one of our friends from Facebook, uh, I think it was Aaron Hickman. Mm-hmm. He, of uh, the Retro Obscura. He was doing a, a no death run on, he was streaming it. Yeah. And then I was, I was watching his video and I was thinking, huh, I don't know if I ever put any amount of time in Spelunker. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've more or less played every NES game. 
So, um, the last, I mean, I remember Spelunker, I originally rented it. That's how I first played it. Yeah. Back, um, you know, in 88, 89 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a VHS, uh, not VHS, a video store across the street from my house, and they used to rent NES games, so I would go there, and it always seemed like a ripoff to me, because it was like, uh, I think it was maybe like $5 for three days or something like that. And I always felt like, well, for five dollars, you know, then I could just save up a little bit more and I can get actual own the game, you know. Yeah. But you know, sometimes I would beg my parents for a couple of bucks just to try out a new game. So Spelunker was one of them, and I don't remember liking it or even playing it much. Mm. So, um, and apparently it was on like the eight hundred XL and yeah, that's where I remember it from. And which is weird because I don't remember it from there. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why I figured it's like, let me give it a try. Let's see what it's about. Yep. So, uh, I didn't, it's, I did not do the no death run, first of all. (laughs) And here's the problem with the game, and a lot of people might know this already, but the controls are terrible on it. It's the, like the, when you're on a ladder, you can, if you move left or right on the ladder, you can just fall right off. Mm -hmm. So you have to always make sure when you jump onto a ladder or climb on a ladder, you're moving exactly up and down. There's no diagonals allowed. Mm. When you jump off the ladder, this is where it gets tricky because you have to move left or right and jump. But if you do the left just a second too early or a millisecond too early, you're going to fall off the ladder before you even get to jump off off it, you know? Uh-huh. So you have to time your button presses so the jump and the movement exactly the same time. There's mm. no room for error on that. This, I mean, there are some games that fall into this category. I mean, Jumpman, the original Jumpman it, in particular. Very similar. Yeah, it actually... It's, like, if you're not getting off of that mm-hmm. rope exactly the right way, you're going to tumble down immediately. It's very, 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 very similar to mm-hmm. that. There's not a margin of error. If you, you're just... And then if you're like... So even if you do fall off the ladder... And, and they do give you, like, a little bit of leeway of falling. Like, if you just want to fall onto a platform... But you have to be, like, within pixels. Of, <laughs> like, right on top of yeah, it. Yeah, otherwise, he just dies. Um, same with jumping, you know, just really... Sometimes you might think you can make the jump, you do it, and it's not. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, it feels like it plays by its own rules. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, like, make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. But if you can get beyond that, which is kind of big, because that's the whole... The whole game is focused around, like, jumping and climbing. Yeah. Um, the game's not that bad, actually. I, I found it, I found it kind of fun. Mm. Um, I've never played it on the NES. Um, I noticed. I mean, there is a bit of a difference in the in the presentation of the game. Like the graphics style is a little is is quite different from what I remember from the computer. Yeah, I was reading up on that, and it's funny because it is. Uh, they did make a little couple of changes mm-hmm. to both the arcade version and the NES version. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more so in the arcade version, because in the arcade you can take the big drops, and it has more control over the ladders and stuff, you know, how you control the character, right? Um, as opposed to the computer versions or the NES version. Hmm. If it only, like, someone were to go back and just reprogram it so the, the ladders are just, you know, the ropes and everything are just easier to, to climb, and mm. um, it would be a lot more fun. It, basically, if you played, like, Spelunky, it's kind of like a similar idea, it's just not randomly generated. You have to collect... In this game, you got to collect keys to get to the next level. There's four levels, I think, or three levels. Hmm. And, um, you know, along the way, you can collect, like, bonus points. There's, like, um, um, gold and things like that. It gives you points. You don't have to collect them, but uh, it just... Usually, they're along the way, so you just jump and grab it. 
Right. And then you get a flare gun, which kills bats. Mm-hmm. Um, but it only kills them until the flare is gone. Once the flare disappears, the bat just reappears automatically. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, I think it's like an air gun or something like that. So if a ghost comes out. <laughs> right. And, uh, and and it's not like the Spelunky game where I think in, in that game, if you took too long on the level, the ghost would come out and you couldn't do anything. You just had to like get to the exit as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. In this game, it just it seems to be trigger points where the ghost would come out. And if you use the fan, the fan will blow the ghost away. As long as it's not too close, because it takes a couple of seconds for it to happen. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of like the main enemies. Right. And, uh, and, and the, the environment. And the <laughs> environment. So, one of the things about the environment, which I was reading up on the wiki, and apparently, like, they consider the fact of how your character controls um, as a feature of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they see that as a good thing. Wow. I don't know about that, but all right. Yeah, I don't agree. <laughs> but, and that's kind of, then you've got to just work your way to the end. And you don't get that. You only get three lives, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no hit points or anything. One hit, you're dead. And that's it. Hmm. So, so did you get to the end? I did get to the end. Um, I did use save states on the NES. For, I used the you know, emulator. Mm-hmm. So at first I tried doing a no death run. And I got, well, not, I wouldn't say no death run, but like an actual real game. Yeah. And I got to the second level and I kept getting to like one point that I just kept dying. So um, just for the sake of time, because <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of time, mm-hmm. I was like, let me just save it here and then I'll, I'll just continue from here. And then, and it was a good thing because it was this one spot. I don't know why I had so much trouble with it, but I must have died like 15 times in a row mm-hmm. in this like little ditch. <laughs> but otherwise I, I kind of breezed through it after that. Cool. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, I should. Uh, and then the cool thing, I try it out. It, it's yeah, you give it a try. I mean, it takes hmm. loaded up on the emulator. I guess yeah. Once you beat it, it starts over again. But this time the keys are invisible. <laughs> uh huh. So you have to remember from the last time you played it where the keys are. That seems kind of arbitrary. Weird, right? And right. so, yeah, I started playing through that and then I got past the first lo- level and then I, to- I just couldn't remember. I was like, I don't remember where the keys are in this level. <laughs> so I just forget it. Mm. And then, so I was reading up online and apparently there's, it just keeps going and going. Like every time you beat it, mm-hmm. they keep changing like one little thing about it. You know, enemies get faster or whatever it could be. So I don't know how far it goes, like how many levels, you know, um, like re- reruns of the stage. Right, right. Who knows? Hmm. Some sure somebody does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was my spelunker experience. Very good. And then another new game came out this week that I picked up mm, that I've been okay. waiting for for quite a while. His name's Cubert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's finally yeah. has a new game. Well, you know, it's been out for for Steam for a while, and then it finally came out on PlayStation. Yeah, platforms. It came out last August on Steam. Right. And uh, finally made its way. This is Qbert rebooted. Re- rebooted. Mm. And it was supposed to come out on iOS and Android. I do not see it on iOS yet. Uh-huh. So this is just PS4, as far as I know. I don't know if it's on Xbox yet. Uh, yeah. I did not check. I think it's... But I played the PS4 version. I think it's PS3 and Vita also. Okay. I think. It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this game. Mm-hmm. It is a huge letdown. As a as speaking as a huge Cubert fan, I am a huge Cubert fan, and just for like retrospect, like 
I have every Cuber game pretty much ever made. And, um, well, like the major titles, you know. So I have the first one. I have Cuber Cubes on MAME, you know, stuff like that. And I liked, more or less, I liked them. I liked, I went back to the Super Nintendo version of Cuber 3, and that's a great game. Mm -hmm. I loaded up uh, the PS1 version of Cuber, and that seemed pretty good, too. I had good memories of that game. Mm -hmm. So I figured... You know, how bad, how could they get this wrong? You know, it's like Hubert. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. So, uh, unfortunately, everything is wrong about this, mm. including the including the arcade version of the ROM. So, I'll start off with that. It does include the original arcade version that we all remember. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it's an exact ROM, uh, like emulated version of the arcade ROM, because there's no uh, high score input, mm. there's no high score tracking. There's no coin input. There's none of that stuff. So as soon as you you see like a picture of the arcade cabinet, it says press X to plug in, whatever that means. <laughs> you got, you're, you're plugging in the machine, I guess. I don't know. Like when did that ever exist in arcades that we had to right. do this? And then you press it and then it zooms in and then you're in the game and that's kind of it. Um, there's no like, you can't change the video settings and the audio settings. Mm. The volumes are a little bit off. Like his jumping sounds are super low. But when you crash and or like hit, uh, die into a ball or something like that, it's really loud. So it just seems very unfinished. And how about the controls? This, Anything? Um, was that well overall in the whole game? They, well, I mean, I meant in the arcade game part of it. The original well, they, game. Well, they changed the controls. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they changed it from what we're used to. If you've ever played any of the keyboard, uh, the the uh, Cuber games in the past, mm-hmm. it was always you move down. Like you use the cross the crosshair the cross pad yeah so like down would be um, like down diagonal or left would be you know up to the right up to the left mm-hmm. yeah because the, the game's kind of at an angle yeah so you kind of we adapted pretty easily with that method with this new game you can only move in the direction of where you want to go so if you want to go to the cube down and to the left you have to move diagonal mm-hmm. you can't move down you can't move left it has to be diagonal if you do it wrong he's going to move in the wrong direction and you're going to die so you have to use like it's so i mean it's it's four directions but it's kind of like an x it's like shifted a bit right so it's only diagonals so you mm-hmm. have to try to attempt to do diagonals you on have the to D-pad. do diagonals yeah. yeah there's no so they're still recognizing the eight-way control pad that you have mm-hmm. but the game directionals are only going to understand like the diagonal directions of where you want to go. Right, the four directions. So it takes a little bit to get used to, mm-hmm. and there's no editing of the controls at all. That's <laughs> okay. it. So that's the arcade version. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, the biggest disappointment with that was that there's no high score tracking. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the things where I said to myself, well, even if, even if the new version is not that good, at least I have the arcade version. I can play online. You know, upload my scores, and you know, not that I'm such a great Cuber player, but mm. it's always I always find that stuff. You get pretty kind of far. Fun. Yeah, but you know, you're talking about people around the world are <laughs> amazing players. I guess. I, I um, this is not one of my games. To be right? Honest. Yeah, I know. For you, it's. <laughs> I, well, although I watched you play, and it wasn't so bad. So. Mm. All right. So now for the rebooted version, you would think this is 2015. Mm-hmm. There are endless possibilities on this new hardware that we have. Right. and They and, could do anything. And endless examples of what we've already seen them do with sure. other Cubit remakes. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, they did not follow any of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 
it feels like a game that was made in 1985, maybe. Mm-hmm. It is extremely outdated. Um, it feels like it was programmed maybe in a week. Very sloppy. Um, there's there's typos on some of the menus. Hmm. Um, not that there's a whole lot of menus, because you basically just start the game and you're just thrown right into the game. Um, and they decided to change the whole idea of Qbert, of a cube, and they changed it to a hexagon now. Mm-hmm. So now, in addition to moving in diagonals, you have to also pay attention to um, up and down. Right. So uh, it gets very complicated. Um, I actually ended up playing with the analog stick, believe it or not. I found that to be the easiest way to control Qbert. Mm-hmm. More accurate where I wanted to go. And which is like crazy to think that you're using an analog stick to play Huber, but that seems to be. I had the best luck with that. Um, as far as the, the core gameplay, it's still the same. You know, you have the cubes that you have to color, and um, the difference here is there's no. They didn't add anything else. There's no like power ups where you can jump faster or speed up your character. You know, there's mm-hmm. no invincibility like in the old games. There'd be a green ball that you can catch, and you'll, you're invincible for like ten seconds. Hmm. That's gone. Uh, they kept the red bouncy balls, so that's still there. That kill you, but um, this time around, they don't always appear at the top of the screen. They can appear at different parts of the levels. <laughs> it's, I, don't, I don't know how they. You know, every level's different. Um, they kept Coily. Uh, there's a little difference with Coily now. He doesn't always jump off the ledge when you jump off. You know, like, when you get near the edge to jump on a disc, right. you know, he'll jump off to follow you and fall off the screen. Uh-huh. So, like, this one, he does, like, one out of every ten times, maybe. Hmm. You know, and then there's that one time where if he doesn't do it, I don't know why. He, yeah, you have to let him get really close, I guess. Yeah, but even, even sometimes then, he just He's got a very it. slow bounce, He's very, though. very slow. Uh-huh. And he's very large. Mm-hmm. He's huge. So um, he he actually obstructs some of your vision a lot of the times because all the cubes are very condensed for some reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have this big, huge television, you know, to work with, and they made the screen super small, so everything's very hard to see. You can't rotate the screen. You can't, Mm. you know, pause it just to, like, look around or something. You can't do any of that stuff. Um, They took out Ugg and Wrong Way, Mm -hmm. which was one of the main characters from the original, so they're not in the new game. They did add a new character, which is like a cat. Uh, right. It looks like kind of like Pikachu or something. <laughs> yeah. And so this cat, it's, I don't know, they don't, there's no storyline. They don't explain anything in this game. If Pikachu was a cat instead of a rodent. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> like the silhouette of Pikachu, yeah. it looks like, but it's actually a, a cat. I think it's a cat. Yeah, it looks kind of cat. It's got a tail. Uh-huh. So, um, it's, so the cat doesn't move unless you move. It stands still. It, but like, it, can, it moves every time you move once, right? Like Yeah, so if you move once, it moves once. Mm-hmm. And it can move in any direction. So it's kind of like Coily, but Coily can, has that slow momentum. You know, it has to bounce. Yeah. They also added a boxing glove, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. And it literally is a red boxing glove that bounces up the, the levels. And if you go anywhere within a radius of, like, two cubes, you know, around it, it, it punches you and it throws you across the screen. Sometimes it knocks you off the board. Mm-hmm. How this makes any sense, I have no idea. But apparently the programmers thought this was a great idea, <laughs> a very creative move. 
Okay. Um, and then they added, so every stage has uh, three stages to it. So you have like one round, and this one round has 1 1, 1 2, 1 3. And each one, you know, it's supposed to get progressively harder. Mm-hmm. And by harder, it's usually like they add another enemy, another falling ball. Um, oh, Slick and Sam, the green guys from the original, mm-hmm. they're back. They, they, they come out and uh, will change your colors on your cubes. This time, though, they'll sometimes give you like five at a time that you have to try to get rid of uh-huh. uh, on some of the later so levels. So they're doing a lot of your work. And Yeah, and as soon as you, you kill one, he's right back out. There's no... If you die in the game, this like usually there's like a pause before the enemies reset. Nope, it's just right back in. So mm. they changed a lot of the core mechanics of what Cubert was in the previous versions. Hmm. And um, a lot of the color choices on the cubes are very, very poorly done. Where because of the contrast, it really throws off your perception of where you're jumping because of how the angles are and how many cubes... Because they, they chose the, the hexagons. There's a lot more cubes stuck together. Mm. And it makes it very difficult to see where you're going. I can see that. Yeah. And then there's like other things like audio... Um, like uh, audio problems. Some yeah. of the sounds are a little bit off. I know the respawn bothered you too. So yeah, when you die... That's a good point. When you die... You respawn in the in the original spot where you start, but you're flashing. But when you're when you're flashing, you're invincible. However, you're it's a very slow, fast like strobe effect. Yeah. So you're visible for a second, but then you're invisible for a second. Like <laughs> and, long enough to move and like yeah. So it, uh-huh. and it, it actually is it's really really distracting because you're ready to start jumping, but you can't see your character, so you don't know where you're going. And by the time you reappear, it's too late. Because you've mm-hmm. already jumped, like, three or four cubes. Mm-hmm. So it's... I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. It's it's just, like, little things I felt like this game is not beta-tested at all. Um, it was not... There was no Q&A on it. They put zero work. There's no backgrounds. Like, in Cuber 3 for SNES, they have these, like, psychedelic, you know, crazy backgrounds and stuff. It made it really, you know, a cool game. Mm. This one's nothing. It's black. It has one tune that loops over and over throughout the entire game. <laughs> right. Tune never changes. Mm, and there's no option to turn it off. No either. option to turn I didn't notice an option to turn it off. No. No, I, I think I checked. I didn't see it. And there is... So every time you beat a level, it shows you like, okay, here's the next level. And it's on the screen where you're in outer space mm-hmm. for some reason. And they show you like a track of, you know, this is stage one, two, three, and four. And then like you're between planets and don't know why. They don't explain... <laughs> Why you're like traveling within the galaxy? Hey, why not? Cuber uh, three, you were up in the clouds for some reason. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of makes more sense than <laughs> that space. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, so, other little things they added in: you can collect gems on the levels, and mm. with these gems, you can buy different characters. Yeah, so you can change your character so out. Basically, costumes. For They're just costumes. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. advantage of buying one cube, different ver- version of Cubert over another. Right. And then there's also in order to progress to the further levels, you need to collect a certain amount of stars. Just to collect the stars, you need to perform certain tasks on each board. Different challenges, right? Yes, yeah, so every board has the same challenge. You have to, number one, beat the board. Number two, you have to beat the board within a time limit. Right. And number three, you have to beat the board with a certain amount of points. Certain minimum Each score. one you complete, yeah. you get a star for mm. that. Right. And, and, and the thing that makes just total, even less sense 
is if you do all three on your first try, it only remembers, it only knows the first one. <laughs> so now you have to play the level again. That's strange. Even if you do all three tasks, you have to you have to wait and do it again to get the third task. So, like, it doesn't recognize all three accomplishments. You have mm-hmm. to keep redoing the level. So every board, you have to redo three times. I don't know. They, they, that's, they call that replay value. Yeah. Is that what, that what, they, yeah, that's what the kids call it these days? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So I got as far as... I did some live stream of it this week on Twitch. Um, I think I got as about as like, far as level 37. Mm-hmm. I'm on there now. So it does go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. There's Really, there's only about five different types of stages. That's it. And they just they just cycle the colors on all of them and give you like, you know, this one you have to change it to two different colors. This one is alternating colors. So if you step on it again, you know, like the original, if you step on it more than once, it changes back to the original and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but uh, that was, that's kind of the game in a nutshell. I know I'm like overanalyzing Qbert a little bit. No, but this is, I mean, if only the people who made the I, game did the same thing. Like, like it's my my hour of playing it when I first played it for the first hour, I already could have wrote down like a list of things instantly. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, "Did these guys like not ask someone to give this game a try and just get give them like some quick feedback? Like, hey, maybe we should do this, you know?" It's, it's so bizarre. So, and another thing was like the previous games, even the iOS version, which is not on the App Store anymore, but I, I still have that one. That one was pretty good, too. Mm. And that was only, like, three years ago. Why didn't they just take those? Those were good games. Mm-hmm. Those played good. But I don't know what they did. They just decided to make their own adventure. If there's know. if there's one positive thing I have to say about it is Qbert is still cute. <laughs> <laughs> I still like how he, they drew him. He hops around. He's adorable. Uh-huh. I like Qbert, so... This is the Qbert. His animation is very well done. Would you say the Qbert design is similar to what you saw in Wreck-It Ralph? Like, um, yeah, they they kept it more of the modern three D looking, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like a smooth Qbert, not like a, a fuzzy Qbert. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. He's more like yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. So that's my review. That's a bit sad. It's a bit. I'm a little disappointed because I was waiting a while, for, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't know how can you scrub Cubert. You really wanted to like this game. Yeah, yeah. You were hoping for a good Cubert game, but uh, I will continue to hope. <laughs> There's always the, the old one. Well, I always say, I mean, I'd rather have something than nothing. Right. Like even if it's not like, even though this is bad, I still like it that they're keeping the brand alive. Mm-hmm. So that that's you never know, like because kids might be playing this now maybe it might they might say in four years oh let's bring this game back again you know some yeah. kids still remember this whereas like some games from our our childhood are just completely gone and they're never going to come back yeah yeah well it depends who owns this still i mean if it's still i have last i heard I sony, pictures. sony yeah mm-hmm. sony still owns the gottlieb uh, mm-hmm. properties so they don't have many of those to be honest so they'll probably try to keep it in circulation to some degree it's probably the best-known game they have. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah. hmm. Interesting, though. Yep. Uh, so, I guess I think we could get into some new acquisitions for this week. I picked up a few things this week. Yeah? yeah. Why don't you tell me about them? Well, one was a something I actually ordered before Christmas, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It is the Transformers Sega Genesis. 
Megatron. <laughs> That's a long one. Transformers, Sega Genesis, Megatron. So this is... Uh, this is a toy. This is a toy. It's an action figure. Yeah. But he is uh, Megatron from Transformers, but he's in the shape of a Sega Genesis. I see. So, so he transforms from robot to console. <laughs> <laughs> Non-functional console, I yes. assume. Of course. He does come with a three-button control pad. Uh-huh. So he's the original core system that came with, comes with the Sonic the Hedgehog cartridge. Wow. That's a pretty interesting attention to detail. Uh, yeah. It does not say not for retail on the cartridge, though. Mm-hmm. So they missed out on that, but I'm glad they don't, because that would have looked kind of tacky if they did that. <laughs> um... I don't know. I think I, if I remember, so this is this is kind of a second version of this toy because the original one came out like was the Japanese version of um, of the the console. They made a Mega Drive version, mm-hmm. slightly different color scheme and uh, different. Yeah, I think he's red accent painted. Yeah, and this the Mega Genesis version is purple mm-hmm. accented. Right. Um, but I think the the Sonic cartridge that comes with the Mega Drive one might say not for resale on it. I'm not sure. I, you know, I have to check that. I'm pretty sure the American one doesn't. I mean, not the American one, the, uh, the Japanese Genesis one. one. Yeah. I don't have to look. I know the card is different, though, because mm-hmm. it is the Japanese right. Sonic. Right. You get a Japanese-style Mega Drive mm-hmm. cartridge yep. in there. Yeah. Pretty cool. Not too bad. Uh, yeah. Um, overall, it's a pretty well-made figure. Um, I would say that uh, comparing it to like the modern type of figures, it's probably even though it is a modern figure, I don't think it's as I don't think it's worth the money that I paid for it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the quality of the parts and the um, articulation isn't quite up to yeah. the detail work that we see in a lot of the modern figures. Because for that price point, you can we, get a, you can get a, it's masterpiece. a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah but, it's definitely not masterpiece level of mm-hmm. Transformers. Right. Um, it's it's about like the thirty dollar range of a figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell like you know there was one point I think one of the pieces snapped out when I was turning it. Mm. You know, but they're ball jointed some of them, so they pop right back in. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm a little tempted by this actually, but I can't decide between the two styles. Uh, well, first of all, they're, they're imported from Japan, mm-hmm. so that's one deterrent you know <laughs> you can't just go right. into a store and right. buy this it's not cheap to, if you're in america you have to yeah so it does it raises up the price a little bit yeah and then the second thing to think about is the american the uh i keep saying american but it's the genesis version mm-hmm. that one's limited to a thousand pieces mm-hmm. so right. and i have to figure out because i looked on the box to see like what the number is and there's a number but it's not like one to a thousand number mine's like numbered like seven thousand or something so i don't know where like, if it is even numbered, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one thing I, I kind of wish that it came with was a little replica cardboard box of the original <laughs> console. Like, just to, like, display near it, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You I thought that would have been one. fun. Yeah, yeah, that's simple to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that would have been a nice little add-on. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's funny. It's some, it's, I mean, if you're a Sega fan, I would say go for it. Because how often are you going to come across something like this in our lifetime? Probably, like, never. It's, it's um, like, almost, like, I, I, can't, I almost can't believe it was even done. You know? Yeah. Like well, well we joked about it because originally it was just Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we're never going to see a Genesis version. You know, that's the American. Why would they make the American version of, of right. this toy? It's a Japanese toy. But no, they did, so. Mm-hmm. So your wish is fulfilled? 
Yeah, that was one of my wish lists. <laughs> so I got that. Um, uh, what else did I get? Oh, and in keeping in theme with that, I picked up on Steam, or actually on Steam on Amazon, they had a sale on the Genesis collection, mm-hmm. Sega Genesis collection. So it's five, I think it's like five um, volumes. Right, 10 Total, games each. Yeah, but 50 games. Um, and it, it was a bundle deal, so it was like $2.50, I think it was, mm. or $2.10, something like obscene. It was crazy. For total, for all 50 games. Yeah. So, like, I already own the collection on Genesis. I mean, not Genesis. <laughs> I already own the Genesis collection on Xbox 360. But, um, you know, for $2, now I'll have the computer versions. And you can say, well, you can just emulate this stuff. And mm-hmm. chances are, when I do want to play it, I'm probably going to play it in an emulator. But... Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm one to always support emulation. Like, I always say, download ROMs, like, this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like you should compensate the companies that are selling these things. And um, I always try to, like, if they release these compilations, whether or not I'm going to play them, I feel like, uh, let me give them my money. It's your way of paying them back for the ROMs you download. Because, yeah, I mean, because otherwise, uh-huh. you can't, like, people say, oh, but, you know, you're stealing or something like that. But... You're not really because you can't buy a lot of these games that you want to play on emulators. So mm-hmm. this is like the chance where, you know, Sega can make money off these ROMs. So I give them the money. Right. Right. I do it. But but aside the fact that it was like a, a killer deal. I mean, <laughs> right. I, even if yeah, a couple of I bucks, probably would have bought, even if I had it already, I probably would have bought it just to give it some somebody for two dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Sure. If it's a way to own a legit copy for a couple of bucks, why not? Yeah. And yeah. Right. And then the last thing I picked up was also an Amazon deal this week. Mm-hmm. It was the PlayStation TV. The PS TV. PS TV. Right. Something I totally did not need. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was the last thing I needed on my list. I don't own a Vita. I don't have any Vita games. I do have PS Plus. That's about the extent of anything I would have to do with this machine. Okay. So you'll be getting some games that way. Uh, it was just a fantastic deal. It was $50. It came with... It was the bundle. that came with the Lego game. Mm-hmm. came with a controller and an 8 meg a memory card. Right. And the machine. Mm-hmm. So I figured... I didn't have a PS3 controller, so you, just for that alone... You right. Know, that's so, like, the, so the controller is a DualShock 3. It that is comes DualShock with. 3. Yeah. And the game is Lego the movie, the game. Which I don't have much of an interest in, but, uh-huh. you know, whatever. Right. A voucher for that game, by it's the way. It's a voucher, yeah. It's not the actual retail not, not copy, a cartridge. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, though, for this, but, part, for this know, device. I figure I have PS Plus, so there are some Vita games that I have downloaded that I can't play. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're in my library, so this is a chance for me to... You know, install them and try them out. Right. When do they go, you know, when the stuff goes free every month. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of curious, just in general. I mean, it's got pretty bad reviews overall from people. Um, unless, you know, you knew what you were getting into yeah. <laughs> when you got it. But, um... Well, this bundle still retails normally for $130. It is. Or 140 actually. It, it is. It's 139 Typically, uh, at full, yeah, but a lot of stores have been putting it on sale. They've been putting it on sale. But 50 but is like the lowest I've seen it. For the bundle, no less. Yeah, yeah, because there is a there is a standalone version of just the console by itself without that was 40. the controller yeah, and the game. That, that was ten dollars less, mm-hmm. right? Um, but even when you see a discount, a lot of times it's just on that one. Yep. And the the bundle version is still the cheapest. A bit more. I think I've seen it is like eighty for the yeah uh, maybe for the yeah the, seventy the or eighty 
I think, or is about the ballpark for uh-huh. just the console by itself. And now you're getting, you know, now you got the bundle for for fifty, which is even better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, aside from all that, uh, it comes with an HDMI cable too. Mm. But uh, aside from all that, we we uh, tested. So you brought some. You have some Vita games, right? So you brought that over to try it out, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't have much luck. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to pick out some games that I thought. You know, I mean, I knew the I knew the the, the idea that well, not every Vita game is going to work because the Vita has a t- touch screen, and there isn't any direct way to translate that on on the the TV. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they probably could have done some mapping with the PS4 controller using the touch pad area on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if you can't see what you're touching directly, it's not the same. It doesn't you know doesn't translate into good gameplay. Uh-huh. So they just made those games incompatible. And the system knows it too. Yeah. So I picked out. I tried to pick out some games that I figured wouldn't have any touch elements to it. Um, I, so I got. I brought Touch My Katamari, which, <laughs> even though it has touch in the title. It's but, got touch in the title. But you but, played it, so you but know. I, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I've played the game, and I used. I only used. It's not the, essential to use the touchpad. I used the dual analog controls on that mm-hmm. game. I didn't use the touchscreen, which is just another. It's just an alternate control scheme for the game. Um, and then I got uh, Wipeout. The Wipeout game, 2048, I guess. Yeah, racing game. Figure. I can't imagine that would need a touch control. That should have the same type of... Yeah, I mean, even if it uses tilt controls, let's say. Mm -hmm. Using a DualShock controller, that has tilt built in anyway. So, I don't know what the the obstacle there was. I don't know. Um, The one one game that did work. The one game that worked was Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah. Which uh, did not complain, and we were able to play that. Yeah, yeah. And how do you think that looked? It looked fine. So you're taking a Vita game and you're expanding it onto yeah, a yeah. full-size I mean, so TV. Keep in mind, I mean, the Vita screen resolution, I think, is, uh, I'm going to say 960 by 540 offhand. Okay. It's not even 720p. Um, so you're taking that image and you're blowing it up to a 42-inch TV or whatever you've got. Mm. So it's going to look a little low-res. I mean, not not noticeably so. And I, I thought it looked pretty good. But it looked... It looked pl- you know, better than the 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 uh, lines were a little jaggedy, mm-hmm. a little right. Bit. Yeah, they. Could, I mean, if this hardware had like a little anti-aliasing built in, maybe yeah. they could have cleaned that up a it little bit. It looked better than uh, what I thought it was gonna when I had in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, we we also tried out some of your some of your downloadable games that yeah. were available mm-hmm. on your account. Yeah, those seem um, to work okay. We tried out Resogun. Yeah, I thought Resogun looks pretty good. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I found it a little more playable than the PS4 version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Because there's just there's less there's less effects going on. There's less particles. It's blowing. a little easier to see what you're doing. So you could kind of pick out the enemies a little better. Um, what else was there? It was maybe one. I tried Woe Dave. Oh right. Uh-huh. I had a couple others too, but we didn't bother installing mm-hmm. them. Right. That the menu system, I, I think, is the same as Vita, right? Yeah, it looked the same. Okay. I found it to be a very confusing menu layout. And we, we kept... I, I connected it with Wi-Fi, and the thing is literally um, 12 inches for my router. Uh-huh. And I kept getting... And it could have been just a PlayStation Store issue, but it kept dropping out and saying, right. cannot connect to the store ever or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have to look into that and see if it's a Wi-Fi issue with the device or if it's something on... You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I was doing that. I mean, it threw out some error number. If if I if I looked up that number, I yeah, could probably I'll get an to, idea of what that, that meant. Out. Uh-huh. But 
It happened know. a few times, and then it was fine. PSN error codes are not exactly user-friendly. <laughs> you don't really know what's going on. I thought it was cool, though. I liked the... I was very impressed by the PS1 era catalog that you can... The past catalog that oh, you can right. go through. There's a huge selection of games that you can choose from. Right. So, I mean, just to recap, right? This thing is basically a Vita without the screen that you hook up to your TV. Yep. So, it can play all the type of games that you can play on a Vita, meaning... PSV to native games, uh-huh. except for the ones that don't want to work. <laughs> either from either through a cartridge because it's got the cartridge slot, the mm-hmm. little chip size card that Vita games come in in physical form. Um, you can download games from the PS network, obviously, um, and it also plays PSP games and PS One classics through download. Through download, yeah. and also what they call PS Minis, I guess, which are like. These little like the tiny little, games. Yeah, yeah. Like little indie games almost. Right. And then also, mobile. PS Mobile games. Uh, that was an option. Okay. I, I don't know what that is. And then there was also PS Now. Right. Oh, right. So obviously just, just you, can use service. It, you can use it as a client for the PS Now streaming. Yeah. Right. True. So... Pretty so versatile. These are all the gaming options available. Not yeah, the bad. thing is, if you have a PS4, it kind of not really necessary for something like this. Right. Um, unless, it, like, there are those one or two Vita games that you wanted to play, then... Yeah, I mean, you can use it as a room extender. If you, Yeah, that's true. If you, put it in, if you had it in another room of your house, oh. you could remote play your PS4 oh. on another yeah, TV. Yeah, we, we talk about this. It's actually not a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I bought this thing. <laughs> right on. So, the, the funny thing... I thought the most impressive thing was this, this thing is the size of, like, a Genesis cartridge. Mm-hmm. It is super thin... It's maybe even smaller than a Genesis. This cartridge. is how you draw size comparisons. You everything in the world to you is <laughs> well, relative. I have Genesis on the brain. <laughs> relative to a Genesis cartridge. <laughs> okay, how uh, big is that chair? It's about it's, fourteen Genesis, car- Genesis cartridges high. <laughs> right. It's Genesis cubed. You know. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, that to me was... Because I have a Roku, and that, I thought that was pretty small. But now that I look at this thing... Right. It's uh, almost a quarter of the size of that. That's crazy. Yeah, under your TV, you have, like, a stack of, like, little hockey puck-sized <laughs> devices. Like, the PS TV, the Roku, the Ouya is, like, the giant in the room somehow. I know, right? <laughs> That's, like, the monolith. <laughs> <sighs> well, good. At least you've got some games coming up. I mean, as... As PS Plus games get added every month, you'll be able to claim those and try them out. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that I missed out on that Tempest game. Uh, TKX. T- yeah, TKX. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't download that when it was free a couple of months ago. And that's one that I really want to play, so I might have to cave in and buy that game. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Right. Yeah, that might be a sale on it someday. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not... A, I have so many games. That <laughs> <laughs> no urgency. Okay. Cool. But how about you? Did you pick up anything interesting? Um, negative. Okay. Nothing this week. Uh, smart, no, smart man. I mean, I don't know. I guess. Well, the one thing I did pick up was uh, there's a new humble humble bundle out, um, and this time it's from Square Enix. Okay, you bought that. I did. Yeah. I did jump in on that. I got that email. Okay. And uh, it's a bunch of you know, it's it's mostly um, IDOS games from their catalog because they. It was like Hitman. And- they own those games, yeah. So it's like Hitman, the new Tomb Raider. Um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, not, not Watch Dogs. The other, the other dogs game, Sleeping Dogs. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Which is kind of like uh, you know, 
another gangster simulator type of game. Um, and, you know, I, I had most of them, but I, I picked it up because the, the new Thief game was in the bundle. Oh, is it the new one? I thought it was the old one. Oh, uh, the- it's the it's the new modern really? reboot okay. Thief game. Yeah, um, that was that was I didn't in there. That was in there. Okay. Uh huh. So that's pretty much the reason I got that, and it was that was a good deal then. It was fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was like six dollars and change. Nice. Yeah, not too bad. Um, the most the highest level I think Tomb Raider was part of that, and I figured, well, I already have those games. Um, and uh, I think uh, what else was in there? Actually, the other. The other Deus Ex remake was also mm. in there. So this is another bundle that they're going to add new games next week. So I'm going to wait and see what, what ends up getting added to that. Oh, so you don't actually have the games yet? Uh, no, well, I it's bought the initial bundle. Okay. But, you know, they always say, well, you know, more games coming soon. And um, Oh, okay. So that's not finished yet. So they're going to add, they're going to end up, I mean, if you've already bought the bundle, you get those games also. Mm-hmm. But they do that to sort of incentivize further sales. So we're not going to get a full review of every game next week, right? Uh, no. No way. <laughs> game a day. Seven uh, days in a week. It's too much. Okay. Too much. I can't do it. <laughs> I know you have Transformers to play. <laughs> Transformers Legends. Uh, thankfully, that's some, uh, it's an off week for me. <laughs> I'm not big on the campaign events, so I don't play those that much. So, yeah, I guess we can probably move on to some news, perhaps. Yeah, a couple of things. Not not a big news week, but uh, some YouTube news. Um, yeah. You know, a new game came out this week. Right. So, there's this, you know, one of the big budget exclusives for PS4 was uh, coming out uh, this week. And um, that was, uh, you know, The Order, 1886. Yeah, 1886. So, that was, you know, one of these games that was teased for a while. And then we've sort of finally figured out what the game was about. And, uh, you know, it's whatever. It's like steampunk, alternate universe style uh, cover shooter, if you want to <laughs> sum it up right, in a yeah. sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was... Um, the big deal, though, is that, you know, uh, somebody got a copy of the game early, uh, about a week early, um, did a full playthrough of the game, and posted it on YouTube. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of negative fallout regarding this sort of incident. Um, I guess among them is the fact that, first of all, somebody got the game this early. They broke Street Date to have the game a week ahead of time. Well, we don't know yet if it was a review copy or not. We don't, we, don't, times, we don't know anything about the circumstances of why this person I don't know if it was someone who just broke it. embargo and or someone who like works there and decided to do yeah. their own thing at like one of these you know, media outlets or something. Or if it really was someone who somehow mm-hmm. hacked it and... Grab the copy early? Who knows? Could be any of those things. I mean, stores sometimes do break street date, but I don't know if they would break it that soon enough to even put together, like, YouTube videos of a playthrough. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but, this, uh, uh, this, so this playthrough was done, like, uh, I guess in multiple parts, and all, t- all together, um, one of the things that came about is that, you know, the game in total is about five hours to finish. Yeah. Kind which of short. It's pretty people. short, yeah. For, for a full retail game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, you know, and various other aspects of the gameplay. People didn't like certain things that they saw. They didn't like that there were so many quick time events in mm-hmm. the game. They didn't like that there was a lot of repetition in terms of the enemies and the bosses and so on. So it um, gave people who were looking forward to this game a chance to really, like, 
uh, kind of like analyze a little bit. I guess so. Before they made their purchase. Right. And figure out maybe this game wasn't for something they wanted to play after all. I think there was certainly that type of reaction where uh-huh. people said, oh, screw this. I'm not going to spend all this money on a new game. And it's it's this short. And this is all that there is to it. Yeah. There's no multiplayer. There's no... Um, there isn't even a new game plus mode, which is, you know, when you beat the game, you get like a chance to replay it, but with like all of your experience oh. and items and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, and it's like harder or anything like that. It's just sort of like done once and you're kind of done. And, um, you know, I mean, even apart from all that, I mean, I guess the question becomes like, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, these videos went up and Sony tried to take and get them taken down and all that, that kind of thing. But is this, you know, really a negative for them? I mean, was it really a bad thing that this kind of coverage of the game came out so far ahead of the game's actual release? Honestly, I'm going to say no, mm-hmm. for, like, my personal opinion. I think, like, maybe it might hurt initial sales, but I think, this, especially this time of year, there's really not much out there else. Right. And I think people, even if... Uh, you know, I think that small audience of people who watch the YouTube videos and stuff, they probably weren't going to buy this game anyway. Mm. So, um, and I think actually it, maybe more people might be buying this game because now they see what it is and say, hey, this game looks pretty cool. You know, even if it's only five hours, I, I'll give this game a try, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's so sure it really affects in a negative way. I right. Know. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from, uh, I'm also looking at it from the company's point of view. Oh, from them. So, I mean, is it is it a negative for them to be uh, alarmed that the game footage got out so for far? For them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, for number one, these companies want complete control over their, <laughs> over their, you know, their... You'd th- you, you think that's usually the case. Yeah, they don't want someone at random just posting stuff about a new game that they've spent two years making well, or whatever, and... I mean, it does vary from company to company. I mean... Some, some like obviously as we've talked about with Nintendo lately, Nintendo wants to be in full control and full editorial control even of what you're putting out there mm-hmm. about their games. Um, yeah, they have a specific uh, message. But a lot of other companies are more, are, you know, more of the attitude of it doesn't matter whether people say strictly good things or bad things about our games as long as people are playing them and talking about them and getting word out and uh, raising awareness of you know our titles and you know what's out there. I mean. A lot of people say, you know, even bad publicity is still publicity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I believe that's true. Yeah, I mean, regardless of whether the fact that it came out early or not, either way, when the game did finally come out, people are still going to see what the game is about and whether it's a good game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a bad game, they shouldn't expect to, you know, <laughs> be able to get away with just saying let's obscure the fact that you know the game is bad and keep it as quiet as possible so this way people will mistakenly buy the game in hopes that it's good you know i mean people should be informed of what they're spending 60 dollars on right yeah yep. um so yeah i don't know I, I think i'm probably pretty close to your opinion in terms of not really seeing it as a bad thing i mean especially for the consumer for the for the gamer that wants to make an mm-hmm. informed decision i mean it's uh, the more actually, you know the better it's funny because once they said it's only five hours long i'm now considering definitely not paying 60 dollars for this game mm-hmm. but i would probably consider playing this game now because i like these short games you know mm-hmm. i want i want a quick game i can just you know play a week and i'm done and move on so. right i didn't know that beforehand i didn't had this 
game wasn't anywhere on my radar at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for you, this type of uh, exposure was was a, a net positive. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was kind of interested in the game um, just because of the setting and the the look of it. I thought it was okay. I mean, it looked a little different. Um, whether it's an actual good game or not, I don't really know enough about it other than the reaction to this whole kerfuffle. Yeah. If that's even a word. It's a word. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I'll probably still check it out regardless, even if people... Yeah. I mean, at this point in the PS4 library, we're still... We're still eagerly waiting for... Yeah, know, I mean, there's nothing on the horizon, so... For decent games. I think even if it hurts first week sales, by second, third week, people are going to be like, oh, there's nothing else to play. Let me pick up this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, distinct possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's actually that short, I mean, I don't know. Like I said before, I mean, <laughs> I guess I play these games differently than most people. Yeah. I don't... My, my typical playtime is runs well over the average, so... Well, five like hours is yeah. probably like no mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's not you know taking into account places you get stuck or whatever. Right. Just the direct play time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I think reviews did finally come out after the game was released, and yeah. they were pretty weak. A lot of them were kind of eh, you know this is not the best game to check out, but I don't know. Well, I felt like there wasn't that much hype or anything for this game anyway. Even when they showed it mm-hmm. a couple of months ago in a more polished form, right. Sony, it wasn't really like a big... No one was going crazy about this title. So if anything, I think this got it more attention than it probably would have gotten before. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's a new IP. Yeah. Nobody knows anything about it. It's not based on anything. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so there's another bit of Sony news, I guess, um, regarding the, that. The golden PS4 <laughs> limited edition. That's right. Number the, one. The number one edition. The the one that was numbered one of however many there were. Um, that was the one that was being auctioned in Japan for yep. charity yeah. by Sony. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one that got the $127,000 bid on it. Yep. And guess what? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, apparently the winner failed to... Surprise, surprise. Failed to pay for it or failed to, uh, you know, come come through with yep. his winning bid. And uh, so what's going to happen is Sony is going to um, keep the actual prize-winning PS4, display it in their It was showroom. probably them. They probably... They probably outbid everyone else because they didn't want to sell it. <laughs> the truth, maybe. It's like we're not giving this thing to anybody. Maybe. It's number well, one. They're gonna they're gonna take that money and they're gonna give it to charity anyway. Yeah. Well, that was just it's publicity for them, right? Right. So maybe this was just a stunt to drum it up been. interest. It might have been. Who knows? Um, either way, it sounds kind of fishy. Because why didn't they just say, "Oh, we'll, we'll check with the second bidder, next bidder on the list, and mm-hmm. see if they work their way down the bidder yeah. list, right?" <laughs> or they're just gonna pull the whole thing all together. And they just say, oh, well, I guess we'll keep it. Oh, well. I'm not going to pocket. Classic <laughs> eBay tactic. I'm not going to pocket that $127,000. Yeah. Or, you know, in this case, uh, donate it. And they write it off on their taxes. It works out good. It's, uh, it's a charitable donation. Yeah. So I think, I, I don't know how cha- tax laws work in Japan about this kind mm, of stuff. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sure this is all a win for them in either case. <laughs> and for the Save the Children charity, I guess. Which yes. is also benefiting. That's cool. 
that's fine. I guess so. I would have known that. I would have built a bit of million just so those kids get more spit money. Spit it up, right? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, they, you probably get stuck by that, that fine print that says, must have Japanese mailing, ah, mailing address. Okay. Mm, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. experienced with that. I'll have to open up a P.O. box or something. Okay. Over there. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we've got another item that we've talked about before, or we've talked about at least in passing. Yeah, well, even last week, I, I, I brought up the fact that Atari's greatest hits on iOS was mm-hmm. pulled because, right. uh, you know, it was broken pretty much. It really was unplayable. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you know, it's been, what, five or six months since iOS 8's been out. Right. And what shows up in my update box this week, but an updated version of Atari's Greatest Hits <laughs> that is now iOS 8 compatible. So Wow. So somebody somebody in a cubicle somewhere in yes. Atari is feverishly maintaining this game. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It took them, I guess, a few months to do it. I guess so. Maybe they found that or they were just listening to our podcast and they said... And, some guy was like drinking his coffee, and, and then he was like, he's like spit the coffee out because he realized he never hit the upload button on the iTunes thing. <laughs> he was supposed to like flip that switch months ago. <laughs> oh, whoops! <laughs> That's a good idea. But no, it was probably your reason. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe they pay a firm to maintain these, these I games. Know. I don't really know how. Yeah, it works yeah, they, with them. maybe. Um, Square Enix is another company, right? Right. So this was another issue that came up. One of their, uh, you know, one of the better known games for Nintendo DS, um, "The World Ends with You," um, also came out on the iOS platform. But unfortunately, this game was also a victim of the new version breaking the game in a way that made it unplayable. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, been suspended from the store. It's yeah, been... this is causing a, a little bit of outrage because Square Enix fans are a little bit more <laughs> diehard than Atari fans, I think. I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is a problem because some people have bought the game expecting it to work, and it doesn't work. Yeah, and it is a pricier game, too. Yeah, I think it's like around $18? Yeah, something like that. It was, anyway. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, I guess uh, if people want a refund, they can... They pretty much have to go to Apple to get a refund. Yeah. That's, that's how it works for the yeah, most part. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that works because it has been out for at least two years, maybe. Right, right. That's right. not a new game. So people have had time to play this mm-hmm. unless you just bought it, like, recently. Right. Um, but, you know, they said that they're going to be working on trying to get the game uh, in a yeah. working state again. And it'll probably come back once they do that. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of t- typical, though. Mm-hmm. Companies... They, they pull it because it doesn't work because it's just if they leave it up there it's just constant one stars from people right or, or people you know people will buy it and then find yeah. out that it just and doesn't work refund it. and then that, you're not going to get that person to come back and rebuy it when it does work so right. Right. that's the best thing to do is just remove it I wish Apple had a better way of doing this where it says like under construction or you know something stupid like that where I wish well I mean to be honest I wish Apple did a better job of maintaining backwards compatibility that's, for their older that apps that is a major complaint yeah <laughs> um, but I mean you know I guess it's a mobile OS in the end and mm-hmm. it has to be yeah. sort of lightweight and lean so that's what's going to happen is you're going to lose features over time yeah. or at least you know previously working and apps this, this might not work presents forever. a lot of problems for the future because 
how long can you expect these companies to support these games mm. from like three, four years ago? Right. You know, it costs them money every time they need to update these things. Well, that's that's probably what happened in the case of the uh, PSTV as well with mm. with those older games. I mean, those games that we tried out on the PSTV are probably launch games or a couple of yeah. years old by now. Mm-hmm. So the teams that wrote those games are probably long disbanded. Yep. There's not going to be any more updates for the, some of them. Yeah, I know. How can you expect them to... So I think it's a similar situation like this where, sure. you know, some of these apps are years old and to expect a company to continually provide updates for it, uh, you know, it's, it's a little unrealistic in some cases just because of the nature of game development and mm-hmm. how, you know, these teams are formed to create a game and they support it for a period of time. But after that, the game goes into maintenance mode, basically. And, yeah, pretty much. You know, the people that made the game have moved on to other projects and they're not going to keep working on the same game over and over so yeah I guess we'll um, so you people out there collecting games start playing them before before they all start <laughs> or just buy old uh, buy a device from every right every right. year so you have an iOS 5 device an iOS 6 device that's I'm sure what some people do that's uh, another way of doing things who knows if only iPod, iPads supported multi-boot so you could like select. if you jailbreak I think you can I think so really Interesting. I could be wrong, but hmm. Just load up your iPad into like a bootloader. I think you can. I, you select the version yeah. of the OS you want. I don't think it's that simple, but mm-hmm. I think you can downgrade your your device. Okay, downgrades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe like an old iPad two or something would be mm-hmm. good for something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I mean, they, I would say more or less this this only happened with iOS eight. iOS eight broke a lot of. It. Apps mm-hmm. because they they changed the structure to sixty four bit mm-hmm. and uh, or something like that and that changed a lot of the um, the way the apps were written so um, I don't think this is going to happen like every single time like I don't remember that happening too badly with iOS seven a little mm-hmm. bit not much and iOS six less again so I, this is just like a major point where iOS eight broke a lot of older apps mm-hmm. just funny so because, hopefully it's not a trend <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it seems strange because you know you thought well iOS seven was the big game changer. It was and then, the graphical overhaul, but not the internal uh-huh. that iOS eight was. Oh, okay. So this under is, their hood stuff. Yeah, so that's going to have greater impact. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I think iOS nine is concentrating on the the real like functionality of things not crashing and everything working smoothly and. We'll they're going to hit the brakes a little bit I, I believe, on, I think on new so. features. Kind of like what they did with Snow Leopard mm-hmm. when they said, all right, we're not going to give you new features. We're just going to concentrate on getting this thing to actually work. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Good idea. Um, well, I guess in the meantime, you can play... Um, yeah, screw all this modern stuff. I want to play <laughs> some 8-bit. You can play an 8-bit game in the form of uh, Bayonetta. And yes, there is an 8-bit Bayonetta game. <laughs> So Just on, what we need. Yeah, so on Platinum Games' website, um, there is, uh, you know, a web-based game. Um, very simple game. This is almost like the Flappy Bird of the Bayonetta universe, where basically all you have is a jump button mm-hmm. and an attack button. And that's all you can do. And uh, your character can't move forward. All it does is just sit in place. And uh, enemies approach... And you just have to shoot them all before they get to you. Okay. And that's uh, the crux mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, I'm actually loading it on 
my iPad as we speak. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. You actually play it on your iPad. So it's probably an HTML5 game, I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, so you can't actually move? No, that's it. All you can do is jump in place. Okay. And all you gotta do is just, like, shoot everything before it gets to huh. you. Pretty neat. And uh, I guess we'll see what what your high score is. Uh, terrible 500. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mine was much better when I played. I think I got like 1,800, maybe. Uh, that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so that's um, pretty easy to get to. I guess it's on a... For some reason, it's on their 404 page. Which, yeah, I don't know why that is. <laughs> which is usually page not found. So I guess they give you a game if you go to a strange... Uh, Very nice. Not much of a game there, but... Right. But hey, if you like Bayonetta, I guess it's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, also in sort of a retro vein, I guess, mm. in a way, is, um, you know, Nintendo had uh, one of their financial briefings. There were kind of their internal sort of uh, memos and stuff to review their quarterly performance. And um, I guess uh, one of the things they talked about, I mean, they talked about a bunch of different things, you know, how their sales were going and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the one thing that kind of stood out to me was uh, this functionality for Amiibos that they talked about. Mm. And um, basically, they want to uh, give you uh, trial versions of NES and Super NES games yeah. through an Amiibo mm-hmm. somehow. They'll give you like one level of Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, so it'll be just some random portion of it. It might uh-huh. be like time-limited, or it might just be like a single stage or something. Yep. And uh, all you do is, you know, you tap your Amiibo and, um, you know, you'll get you'll get this game for a short amount of time. And um, that's it. And it's, it's sort of meant to replicate the idea of, hey, here's a cartridge, plug it in, try it for like two minutes. Okay, unplug it, pl- plug in the next one. That kind of a thing. Okay. Where it's like you just get to try out the game really quickly, but, you know, not really enough to call it like a full game or anything. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just a way for them to sort of... Um, highlight some of their virtual console sales. I'm assuming. I guess. I don't know. What do you? What do you? Do you think this appeals to you? Or to me personally? Not really. I don't see any. I mean, I don't see a difference between I, I, this I, I and just going to the store and just grabbing a, t- a trial version. Well, well, I mean, I could understand if it was of like a full game, like a, a modern game, mm-hmm. so you can get a taste of like you know Toad's Treasure Tracker or something. Mm-hmm. But of like an old NES game that. You can just either you can play it right off archive doc, you know dot org's website. I mean, you don't even well have sure to, these unless, days you don't even have to install emulators and stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's. I know it's not legal, but I'm just saying if someone wants to play it, like why restrict them this game that's probably not even one megabyte mm-hmm. large? You know, just give them the whole game <laughs> through the these games are like thirty years old. Yeah, Come on. well, <laughs> enough. Uh, Enough milk in these things. Look, Sega sold 50 games for $2 on Amazon. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, well, you know you know what their pricing is like. Nintendo's like, what, $8 for one game? Or was it five? No, five, I think, right? For five, an NES game? For NES games, it's $5, it's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> they were cheaper to buy them used NES cards back in the day. Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. <sighs> so I, I think this is a bonehead move. <laughs> I really do. That's your summary. <laughs> bonehead. <laughs> There'll probably be a bonehead amiibo, too, to go along with that. 
Well, they got to figure out what to do with these amiibos. Mm-hmm. They, they're realizing that, in America at least, it's quite a large portion of their sales. Right. And um, people are, I would say, generally buying them just for the collectability mm-hmm. aspect, just putting them on their dresser or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think Nintendo... It's probably more complicated than we even know, because there's a lot with the retailer they have to work through. Right. As far as, like, it taking up retail space and stuff. You know, you can't have your toys in a video game aisle. You know, that's not what Nintendo is. Mm. So I'm sure they're trying to work out this balance where they can say, to sell this to stores, to say, well, Amiibos aren't just toys, but they have video games now, too. Right. Even though if it might just be one stage in a game. Who Mm. knows? Yeah, although that does, you know, I mean, that benefits Nintendo because it gets people to go to their online store and maybe potentially buy the full game. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the point is, really, other know. than, you know, just being able to go to I the... feel like there's so many other things you can do with the idea of the Amiibo. Mm-hmm. Why? It just seems like a half-assed idea to just do something like that. If that's what exactly what they're saying. But why not say... Uh, use this amiibo and you can play as, um, you know, a t- Princess Peach in uh, Metroid or something like that, you know, <laughs> if you, once you put the amiibo on there, on the original 8-bit. Well, all these things the have to code be... code can be changed pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, but these things would have to be programmed in, no matter what. They would have to be patched know. into the game. But the, you're talking about, like, under, like, a megabyte. It would still need that hook to go in, to be able to go into the game mm. and modify it. It's not as simple. Like, it's not just like a game genie hack kind of thing. <laughs> it would be an elaborate hack. Even that would have been cool. Like, mm-hmm. all right, it just gives you ten lives in in this game if you it unlocks all these codes. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, just the whole well, idea of just a demo of an old eight bit game. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm sticking with Bonehead. <laughs> all right. Well, how about some new old eight bit games? Yeah. Don't tell me they're still making eight bit games, are they? Uh, certainly, of course. We know we know that to be true. Um, <laughs> in this case, though, I, I don't know of that many NES homebrews, but apparently there are a couple coming along. Yeah, this. Uh, I mean, I know of like the Battle Kid series. Yeah, and that's been a while. Uh-huh. It's been they it's been out a, a long two. time. They have like some like the Castlevania and the Zelda mm-hmm. kind of. I just feel new like adventures and stuff. I hear about new twenty six hundred games constantly. Sure, yeah, and new ColecoVision, mm-hmm. and you know, even fifty two hundred or like you know a sure. computer. Yeah, but it just just seems like there's not that many maybe Nintendo homebrew games. No, um, but there is at least uh, a couple. So yeah, the first one that I heard about was Star Versus, um, and this is a game by Studio Dust Mop. <laughs> You're familiar with them, right? <laughs> I'm a fan of all their work. Uh, so apparently this game is, is slated for release sometime in early 2015. It's not quite out yet. Right, yeah. And this is, um, as the the name might convince you of, it's uh, some kind of space battle-themed game. Um, where... Yeah, it's one of those multiplayer, uh, what do you call it, arena battle games. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So you've got, you've got spaceships flying around in different settings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're basically trying to knock out the other player. Yep. Either through bombs and, you know, uh, other types of weaponry. And uh, it looks kind of cool. I, I saw some some footage from the game. Yeah. It looked all right. Uh, at least at, at some point you have, like, a oh. sword that's, that whips out okay. of your ship. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of a, a nice touch. <laughs> it was kind of weird, but... Well, it was a way to deflect incoming bombs. Yeah, That's, that's yeah. what it's for. 
Uh, and then you could even theoretically bounce it back at the other player. Mm-hmm. But the graphics looked pretty good. I mean, they looked yeah, co- colorful. Yeah, and it was it was simple, but you know, appropriate. I thought for NES. I guess that's the good word. Yeah, appropriate. <laughs> Uh, there was a, a really nice looking stage where like there was like a star in the center, mm-hmm. but it looked almost like those photos of NASA that you get of like uh, the true, like what the sun really looks like. So you have like this oh, like yeah, big yeah. orange ball, like with flames and stuff. Well, I don't know if they're literally flames, but plasma or whatever, you know, like arcing away and yeah. stuff. It looked kind of neat. I don't know. I thought it looked all right. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's nothing revolutionary mm-hmm. as far as i don't think they're pushing the nes to its limits uh-huh. for 2015 right but it, um, it doesn't mean it's not a bad game it could still be fun multiplayer who knows mm-hmm. right yeah so i'll definitely keep an eye out and see how much that is mm-hmm. be curious yeah they didn't release a price right uh, um and that to me would be the make or break mm-hmm. value of it yeah we do know we do know about the other game that is out um, this game actually has a little bit more interest for me. Mm-hmm. It's called Mad Wizard, a Candelabra Chronicle. Right. I've not read many Candelabra Chronicles, uh, so this no. would be a first for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like to look at this game. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah, it's kind of like a platform action adventure with some puzzle elements, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yep. Uh, looks like you're some kind of wizard character walking around uh, various. It looks pretty deep. Maze of you know you get magic and mm-hmm. different abilities to get by each level. It doesn't look like they copied sprites that many from other games. There might be like a couple here and there, but yeah, I mean this is um, this is promising to be the first installment of the series. Um, 120 screens, uh, 10 different enemy types, uh, boss fights, infinite continues. Um, and there's even a preview ROM available if you want to check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that out, actually. They say it's 128 unique screens to explore. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds good. I don't know. Right. Sure. <clears throat> it's available now from uh, RetroZone. Yeah. Uh, it's 40 bucks mm-hmm. for uh, a clear blue cartridge. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It actually does look pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was originally supposed to come with like a box and a manual and everything else, but apparently that's been scrapped. Um, but <laughs> yeah, well, the other it's part of the the fun of it, of is course, having... sure. But I guess but, that, that does keep make it a little cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is, game does have an interesting feature, though. It's one it's one of these games that actually has a digital instruction manual in the game, hmm. and which for NES is. Yeah. Almost never. It just doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Mostly because of memory constraints. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, but who really reads the manuals? Who knows? I used to do. Maybe, uh... I used to Especially the Konami manuals, because uh-huh. they always had, like, little funny, like, uh... They would always stick, like, funny things in the books. That was fun for you, right? Yeah. Mm. That was, like, the highlight. I would... So I'd play the game. I wouldn't read the game, like instructions first. I'd play the game first, but then later on, like when I'm done, I put the game away, and then I'd like take the booklet, you know, mm-hmm. start reading through, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I, I like, you know, I mean, I almost treat it like a piece of memorabilia about the game. Yeah, it's like when you buy a CD. Like most of the time, those little booklets really didn't have lyrics or anything but you still look through it just to see what the artwork was and mm-hmm. 
kind of read the little like liner notes and stuff. Right. But I know that's cool. I don't know. Why not? New Nintendo games. Right. Yeah. I noticed Nintendo's that, still alive, right? People still play Nintendo. I, I believe so. I think I think I saw someone once playing. It's it. what it's what all the kids are into. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh, How about Super Nintendo? Well, it's funny. There is, um, I guess, there is something new for the Super Nintendo, but it's not a game. No, it's, it's uh, like, a, like a hack kind of. It's interesting. It's actually a uh, music tracker style program that lets you. Uh, basically composed tracks and music for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, now, I, I found this interesting because for people who, don't, who aren't familiar with, with like some of the sound capabilities of these old consoles, mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo... Well, the Atari had a very limited... It ran... It, it was a, a really wacky setup uh-huh. because it ran... Um, the sound was like clocked to the system processor so it was a weird timing mechanism thing mm-hmm. and then it was also limited to pitch and note you couldn't have a, a complete chromatic scale for mm-hmm. music so that was like a really messed up sound chip but then after that you know you had NES right you know Coleco and stuff and they used more of like the s- synthesizer basic triangle wave sine waves stuff like that Genesis used FM synthesis mm-hmm. which is also you know the basis for a lot of music but then when you got the Super Nintendo, that was mostly sample-based. Right. And that had its own... So all the instruments you heard were samples of real instruments, but looped. Mm-hmm. And this guy here, he's actually tearing apart that and, and making um, actually synthesizer sounds on the Super Nintendo, rather than using that sample-based kind of what we're used to to mm-hmm. make a lot of music on the Super Nintendo. Hmm. So he added uh, eight channels... Uh, a noise channel, um, you know, just different, different, uh, kind of like a synthesizer, like tech talk sort of stuff, you know, uh-huh. if you're into like, if you read the article and you're into like synthesizers, you probably understand what they're talking about, but. Well, I definitely like the idea of like having a tracker based. I mean, that's, um... yeah, well that, that's how a lot of the old stuff was made on like Commodore mm-hmm. and Atari yeah. and all that stuff. Definitely. Trackers, the old, um kind of p- the not piano roll but the old way like we s- today like we use ableton live or something uh-huh. to c- construct a song but in the old days they yeah. used basically you have you know like steps and you can assign notes to those steps and yeah. then you can build like is, is it's, it's, it's almost like a building block strong. approach to making music mm-hmm. where you have loops and you can chain those loops together to you know create a song and uh, I've dabbled with that style of yeah. music before and it's it's back pretty, in the 90s it was mm-hmm. the thing to do <laughs> For sure, definitely on the Amiga, there was like a lot, a big, very healthy, like remember, music tracker scene. If anyone was in that that time period and remembers like the old uh, Commodore like demos they used to put out, yeah, and and those things were basically pushing the systems to the limit. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do with the hardware to make like a really cool visual and have a really cool soundtrack? Mm-hmm. And that's what people used to do. And that's kind of what this is. This is uh, like a little graphical demo right. with a really cool soundtrack that. You would put it on and say, wait a minute, this is not Super Nintendo. Like, how do they do this? Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. And th- so the guy who's working on this, he also was responsible for the Guitari. <laughs> the Guitari 2600. I've actually, I've actually seen that. Performed what did you live. really? Oh, so you went to the Bit Festival? I went to Blipfest. Yeah, no way. Because uh, this guy is, um, this guy Citrus is based in, uh, 
in Australia. Yeah. And he actually came to New York to perform. I didn't know that. At uh, Blipfest. I think it was awesome. in 2011 or 12, somewhere around there. Yeah. <clears throat> huh. Yeah. Oh, no, it was definitely 11. Yeah. Now, did he get laughed at? For pulling out this, so the, the guitar not, not in this venue. It's uh, basically it, it isn't. It's the think of a, a guitar, mm-hmm. but instead of the traditional guitar, you have an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, right? And you have a couple of foot pedals, like on, guitar on pedals, on a fretboard, on a fretboard, yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of noises to be made. It was wild. <laughs> it was great. And he Sound, programmed like cool. um, a little program that would spit out Atari sounds, mm-hmm. and he distort them and bend them. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what uh, what happens when this thing is finally live and in more yeah. people's hands. Yeah, definitely. We might finally be hearing some good Super Nintendo music. <laughs> I know people might disagree with me. Well, you, <laughs> know, you know my feelings on Super Nintendo sound. People, people, you know, always say that. They always say that the Super Nintendo sound chip was so great, and uh, it's got it's, it's got day. some qualities to it. It's got mm-hmm. some decent playback sure. abilities, but yeah. you know because it's not. It's not a synthesizer chip like a lot of other consoles. It doesn't have a particular sound to it. I mean, it has its own kind of character because it's doing the ROM loops sort yes, of yeah. type of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that sounds like in the end. Yep. And uh, that kind of wraps it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, um, I guess, be back for more next time. Yeah, yeah, we have a couple of uh, interesting episodes coming up. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for joining us this week. Please uh, leave us feedback online. Visit us on Facebook, comment, and um, leave us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> if you're so inclined. Sure. <laughs> Even if you're not, please do so anyway. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.